Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Hello, my Bethany friends and family. Thank you for joining us in worship today. It was the summer of 1965. I was 19 years old and had just boarded my first airplane, a TWA Lockheed Constellation bound for Kodiak Island, Alaska. I was excited. I was nervous. And the pretty young stewardess must have sensed that and came back to me saying, is this your first flight? It was. She asked if I was concerned about the movement of the wings as they appeared to bounce up and down while we were still sitting on the tarmac. I was. She told me not to worry. The plane was engineered that way to give us a smoother flight once we got into the air. Then she added, I've flown this flight over a hundred times to Kodiak and we've never had a problem, so try not to worry. She was doing her job as a stewardess. A stewardess is someone who on behalf of an airline company attends to the need of passengers for their safety their comfort, and their food and drink needs. And that's what a stewardess has been hired to do, meet the needs of passengers. I was grateful for her help, and I thanked her once we safely landed in Kodiak. Stewardship creates anxiety for many people. The pastor's going to talk about money today, and it will be my money he wants. Well, be assured about two things. Money, finances, are a subtopic of stewardship, but stewardship is far more about how we live our lives. And today I want to speak with you about our primary task as followers of Jesus. More than anything else, Christians are stewards and stewardesses of love. Christian stewardesses and stewards have been rescued and redeemed by Jesus And their lives are transformed by him to become people who attend to the needs of others who are also traveling in this life. All of that, rescued, redeemed, transformed, attending to the needs of others, this is the good news. This is the gospel. And really, it is that simple and it's that profound. In the Bible, we have several strong examples of people who are stewards of God's love. And today I've chosen one of them as our example. You've heard me speak of him before, Barnabas. I've always been fascinated with Barnabas. I believe he is a strong example of an authentic Christian steward. Pray with me as we begin to learn from him. Heavenly Father, teach us your ways so that we might walk in them. Inspire and instruct us that we may honor you and so that others may discover your love through how we live our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Barnabas is identified 26 times in the book of Acts, as well as in three of Paul's letters, one time in 1 Corinthians and Colossians and three times in Galatians. So he is no obscure stranger to us. He shows up first in Acts chapter 4. Here's what's going on. The earliest Christian church is in Jerusalem, and it was populated by Jewish people 
who had come to believe that Jesus was God's son and the promised Messiah of their faith. There was great excitement and unity among these first Christians. The apostles of Jesus were inspiring them with stories of all that he had done. Jesus' resurrection gave them great hope and confidence in him. But a backstory is also taking place. Most of these early believers were being ostracized by their Jewish leaders. They were banned from their synagogues and the temple. They were shunned by their families. They lost jobs and family and friends because of their new faith. But the early church in Jerusalem responded to this, and we read that there were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need, Acts 4, 34, and 35. Here is where we are first introduced to Barnabas. Listen to what is written. For instance, there was Joseph, the one the apostles nicknamed Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. He was from the tribe of Levi and came from the island of Cyprus. He sold a field he owned and brought the money to the apostles, Acts 4, 36 and 37. Twenty years ago, I met a rather roly-poly Orthodox Jewish rabbi from New York City. His name was Herb, who had become a follower of Jesus. We struck an instant friendship with each other. I discovered over the years of our friendship that he had four earned PhDs. I always knew he was very smart, but that was over the top for me. When I met Herb, he was on staff as the Bible teacher for the men and women of the Bridgeport Rescue Mission. He had an uncanny skill at making friends with people who were deeply troubled and lonely. Herb discovered Jesus one night in a hotel room in New York City because of a Bible placed in his room by the Gideons. It cost him dearly. He was removed from his synagogue. He was disowned by his rather extensive and wealthy family and shunned by his many Orthodox colleagues. He lost his life in the faith and community of his origin. He never had much money, but he was fiercely sold out to Jesus and the work of bringing anyone and everyone he met to discover him for themselves. He was rich in powerful stories of faith, inviting people to know God and inspiring them to respond to Jesus. The generosity Herb shared was a profound and simple faith, and he shared that faith with anyone and everyone who would listen. Stewards of Jesus' love are generous people, like Barnabas, who gave money from a plot of land that he sold to help those in need. Stewards of Jesus' love are generous people, like Rabbi Herb, who attend to the needs of others. We find Barnabas next in the ninth chapter of Acts. Let me give you the context. Christianity and the backstory against it is ramping up. Christians are being charged with blasphemy against God, and some are being executed. One of the up-and-coming Pharisees, a man named Saul, was now traveling throughout the region, seeking out even those who had moved away from Jerusalem. While on his way to Damascus in pursuit of some Jesus followers, Saul was encountered by Jesus himself and over the next few days became a follower of Jesus. Listen to what happens after Saul's conversion. When Saul arrived in Jerusalem, he tried to meet with the believers, but they were all afraid of him. 
they did not believe he had truly become a believer. Then Barnabas brought him to the apostles and told them how Saul had seen the Lord on the way to Damascus and how the Lord had spoken to Saul. He also told them that Saul had preached boldly in the name of Jesus in Damascus. So Saul stayed with the apostles and went all around Jerusalem with them, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. In 1962, David Wilkerson's book, The Cross and the Switchblade, was published. It was a powerful story of a Pentecostal street preacher reaching out to the gangs of New York City with the good news of Jesus Christ. The book is primarily about one member of the Mau Mau gang, its warlord, Nicky Cruz. In the mid-1960s, two years after the book was published, I was able to contact Nicky and bring him to Seattle Pacific College as the keynote speaker for a spiritual emphasis week. He had a huge impact on the campus. Students were encouraged in their faith, several recommitted their lives to Christ, and a good number became involved in the work of Teen Challenge, which had just opened in Seattle. What inspired me about Nikki was the transformation from a powerful warlord of a feared New York City gang to a gentle but confident teacher and preacher of the good news of Jesus Christ. Nikki certainly had the gift of leadership. People were attracted to him, and he was able to bring hope and help to people who were broken, but could never admit that because they always had to show toughness in order to survive on the streets of the cities. Nikki helped set them free and connect them with Jesus and the Jesus people. You see, stewards of Jesus' love connect people, just as Nikki did, just as Barnabas did, connecting Paul to the apostles, connecting lost and broken people to Jesus Christ and to other followers of Jesus. We turn again to Barnabas in the book of Acts, and he appears in Acts chapter 11. Again, the context. The persecution of Jesus' followers increased so that many of them relocated outside of Jerusalem. In fact, great numbers of them relocated out of Israel to places like Phoenicia or Cyprus or Antioch of Syria. But they brought their faith with them and began to speak in their new neighborhoods about Jesus, his crucifixion that paid for sin, his resurrection that gave them the hope of eternal and abundant life. News of what was happening made its way back to the mother church in Jerusalem. This is what they heard. The power of the Lord was with them. A large number of these Gentiles believed and turned to the Lord, Acts eleven twenty four. Listen to how the church responded to this news. When the church of Jerusalem heard what had happened, they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw this evidence of God's blessing, he was filled with joy and he encouraged the believers to stay true to the Lord, Acts 11, 22, and 23. And here, Dr. Luke, the author of the book of Acts, inserts his description of Barnabas. Barnabas was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit, and strong in faith, Acts eleven twenty four. I met Wiley when I was serving as lead pastor at the Covenant Church in Easton. He's an engaging person incredibly positive, possibly possibility thinker, and a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. The year I met him, Wiley was honored as the Entrepreneur of the Year in Fairfield County, Connecticut. He was the owner and the operator of Uncle Wiley's seasoning company that sought to improve the nutritional health of African-American cuisine 
without losing the taste that was so desired by African Americans. I am certain that Wiley has more friends in his life, and I mean genuine, authentic friends, than anyone I have ever known. Primarily, this is because Wiley has genuine interest in others and is a constant source of encouragement in their lives. Wiley also helps to inspire community action to help those who are needy. Just one brief example, Katrina. That's right, the hurricane, Katrina. Wiley called me the day after the hurricane struck the Gulf Coast and said, I have an idea. Here's what happened. We ordered an 18-wheeler with a goal to fill it with non-perishable foodstuffs, clothing, and basic household items to send New Orleans. And of all things, it had on the side of the truck Covenant Transport. Together, we rallied both the church and the town of Easton to get involved, and within a week, we had filled the truck and sent it south to aid the people most devastated by Katrina. A follow-up to that endeavor was the sending of several work crews during the next several months to personally connect and give help to the people in the Gulf Coast. Wiley, a friend maker and an encourager, not merely with words, but with words and actions that make a positive impact in life. You see, because stewards of Jesus' love encourage people to good news action. We return again to the book of Acts. And in chapter 13, we find Barnabas again. The context, this time in Antioch, Barnabas traveled to Tarsus to find his friend Saul. Together they went back to Antioch, where the two of them spent a year building up the church there and winning people to Jesus Christ. Then this happened. Among the prophets and teachers of the church in Antioch of Syria were Barnabas, Simeon called the black man, Lucius from Cyrene, Menaean, the childhood companion of King Herod Antipas, and Saul. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Appoint Barnabas and Saul for the special work to which I have called them. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and sent them on their way. I have a friend named Doug I've had for at least 25 years. Well, the picture you see of him looks like a mugshot. He is actually a highly successful ophthalmologist now living in Naples, Florida with his wife, Chris. The fascinating story about Doug has been his desire to serve God through his medical profession. This became obvious to many of us when on a golf trip to Myrtle Beach 20 years ago, Doug felt called to go to Ecuador as a medical missionary. Let, let me explain. I was part of a ministry program called Golf and Grow where men were invited to spend the better part of a week together in the spring, traveling to Myrtle Beach to play golf and also be encouraged in our faith in Jesus Christ. I led the group in devotions each morning. We had Bible story and inspiring paragraph given to them each day, and we had a visiting pastor speak each evening following dinner. Doug came to me after one of the meetings in the evening and told me he felt called to be a missionary, and the call was specifically to Ecuador. I told him I'd get a connection with one of our missionaries in Quito. Fortunately, one was home on furlough, so we made the connection before the week ended at Myrtle Beach. The rest was history. Doug and his wife, Chris, became missionaries in Quito. Doug is a Christian doctor in the main hospital in Quito, and Chris has a creative voice with HCJB, Christian shortwave radio station in Quito that literally broadcast Christianity around the world. 
They served there for several years, and we sent a few mission teams to join with them from the church. Doug was a man who was willing without reservation to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. You see, stewards of Jesus' love follow the lead of the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ came as a servant. Servant, a synonym for steward. Jesus came to meet the needs of others. And Jesus said this about himself. I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom for many. Barnabas, along with Herb, Nikki, Wiley, and Doug, are good examples of stewardship. But Jesus is our primary example. And he calls us to be stewards of his love and in his behalf to those around us. Stewards of Jesus' love are generous people who attend to the needs of others. Stewards of Jesus' love connect people with himself and with other people. Stewards of Jesus' love encourage others with to good news action. Stewards of Jesus' love follow the lead of the Holy Spirit in their lives. This is the core teaching on stewardship in the kingdom of God. It is so. It is so. Amen. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, help us to be authentic stewards of your Son, Jesus. Generous people, connecting people to you and each other, encouraging good news behavior, and following the lead of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. <laughs>